Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm Carter Laren, and I'm joined as almost always by Carrie Smith. Hey, Carrie. Hi, hi Carter. Hi, Good evening. Much. Good evening. Today, we're very excited because we get to speak to conservatish Peter Feliciano. Uh, he does not fit inside boxes, and therefore he fits in all of them, at least according to him. I'll have to have, ask him to explain that. Uh, this talented and rebellious singer-songwriter began his podcast, Conservatish, in August 2018 in San Francisco after being fed up with the Bay Area's ever-present pressure that all who are morally decent must, of course, be liberal. On Conservatish, Peter speaks with conservatives, drag queens, comedians, liberals, anonymous perverts, activists, and artists, people from every walk of life and political leaning with the ultimate goals of holding a safe space for free speech, pushing the boundaries of insane humor and humanizing the often dehumanized. Um, he's got YouTube channels, iTube channels, Spotify. You can follow him all over the place. We'll put links to all that stuff below. Uh, Peter, welcome to Unsafe Space. Hello. How are you guys? I'm well. good. I love your yeah. uh, handlebar mustache. Is that what you call that one? I think so. Or a Fu Manchu. It a Fu Manchu? Yeah. People don't know. I think you people... have to wax it and do this to make it a handlebar, right? No, I'm not Berkeley anymore. I'm not going to do that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you I... left. You're not in the Bay. You're not here anymore in the Bay Area. You're in the Bay? Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, I got out of there. I left San Francisco about a year and a half ago. Moved to Manhattan. It's a lot Good more... Thank you very much. I do feel a lot better. I do feel. Um, Although Manhattan, I'm not sure that would be my my top choice. Well, as a musician, I had two options. I had Los Angeles or Manhattan, and Los Angeles yeah. is hell. So I decided to go to, to Manhattan, I'm, especially like my, my style of comedy, my style of music is much better fitting in New York. And also I was born here. I lived my first nine years in, in New York, so it made more sense for me to come here. Yeah. Do you want me to explain the boxes thing? Shall I explain the boxes? Thing? Yeah, yeah. Can you explain, you explain yeah. the boxes? Absolutely. Um, so I'm half Puerto Rican, uh, a little bit black, a little bit. Uh, oh my God, I'm looking directly at myself. This is very disturbing. Um, uh, uh, mostly Puerto Rican, a little bit English, a little bit German, and then a little bit black. And um, and so I don't fit in the in the. I only have like 45% white guilt. Um, and then also, I was born in New York. <laughs> Moved to California when I was nine. Moved back to Manhattan, so I'm not either coast really. Spent a couple years in Portland, a couple years in LA, but mostly, mostly those two places. Um, and also, I'm a musician, but I don't ever like boxes regarding those things. I also, you know, have uh, fooled around with some dudes over the course of my life, so I don't necessarily. I like. It's been a while since I've gotten some head from some dudes. Uh, Jake gave it the junior college try, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily, you know. So I like pulling that out when I when people I like playing the identity politics game when people play the identity politics game with me. It makes me it makes me really happy to make them short circuit. Um, um, so you have some cards up your sleeve, basically you can whip out. Yes, yes, and I like whipping it out. I am um, I'm not the type of person about you. What? <laughs> well, was that a sex joke? I apologize. I would never do that sort of thing. I, I would never. I'm right a very, my head. I'm a very demure. I was actually nervous, not nervous, but I was excited about coming on the, on your show because I love your show. Um, but I was also like, I don't know if I'm exactly, I don't know how, how well of a good, I mean, when I saw that you had Mark Hughes, shout out to Canadian comic Mark Hughes, um, uh, 
when I saw that you had him on, I'm like, all right, I, pr I probably, because every, every other interview of yours I've seen, it's very like, you know, no one talks about eating ass, Serious? you know what I mean? And so, yes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, I have, a, I have a present it. for you. you. I have a present do? for you, because I saw that you said you were studying, uh, what'd you say, French history and calculus, <laughs> right? Those were, those were the things yeah. that you said you were studying. So, um, Let's see. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I can set this up for you. So I've got two questions for you. Just, oh, just you know. Love of God! It was a Twitter joke. Everybody, please. No, no. This is I, not nice. You know, I wanna. I wanna give you a chance here. So uh, the first question is. Uh, let's see. Oh wait, you can't even see. There it goes. Um, right. Oh my God! This you is, really this is your prepared. calculus question. This is horseshit. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'd like you to minimize uh, the function of. Uh, x squared plus y squared subject to the constraint x minus one cubed minus y squared is two and you can use the Lagrangian multiplier method uh would you can choose that question or or you can choose this question an anonymous monk lamented in 18 in 814 from the lands where the sun rises to western shores people are crying and wailing the franks the romans all christians are stung with mourning and great worry the young and old glorious nobles all lament the loss of their caesar to whom was he referring so those are your two questions. Well, what what year was this? Eight fourteen. Oh, I see. Eight fourteen. Uh, this is uh, Eddie Izzard. <laughs> That's so close. Shit! God damn it! You're, you're very close. <laughs> no, yeah, I was I was thinking like I was thinking because uh, I I love your show, but it's like you know I don't know if how well a good I don't know. Well, I've never seen Carter pull out uh, trivia questions for a guest before. Well, he said he was studying French history and, <laughs> and calculus, so I wanted to... I was to... trying to bone up on my smarts so I could like seem more oh, smart no. than this motherfucker. By the way, I it didn't know the answer to out. the French one myself. It's Charlemagne, by the way, is the answer for people in chat that are... Someone got it! Oh my god, someone Did knew it. Really? I just leave, man. You're too smart to be here. Uh, I can't... <laughs> Somebody Jesus. knew that. That's funny. <laughs> This is disturbing. <laughs> Doesn't a piece of you, I know you guys are both very smart and I, I definitely have the desire to learn about stuff, but I'm very specific when it comes to, like I like, I like doing my research when it comes to making people feel foolish. <laughs> I like doing my research when it comes to psychology as shit, comedy, music, that type of stuff. What do you but mean? Stuff that I'm, meaning the stuff I'm not passionate about, i.e. motherfucking Charlemagne, a piece of me just goes like, eh, like I get it. I understand why I kind of trust the um i kind of trust the scientists i trust the people who are in charge of doing that type of stuff like my my mo my my strength if we are the super friends right i always go back to that analogy the super friends would be you wouldn't ask uh, uh aquaman to scale tall buildings in a single bound and you wouldn't ask superman to talk to fucking fish so we all have our strengths and our passions uh, i'm I going to college but i don't <laughs> care about math i don't care about charlemagne you know what i'm saying well, math is going to actually, math yeah. is going to, it's racist, we've learned. So I don't know. <laughs> you right. are studying yes, the answer something. To the, the answer to the Lagrange question was racism. Racism. You could have gotten that one right, right away. Awesome. White supremacy was the answer. Yeah. So so for anybody, I want I want you to tell me a little bit about the name Conservatish. And for anybody who's not familiar with your show, just describe yourself, or how do you describe yourself politically? Because I, I feel like, well, we this culture likes to put all of us in, you know, you're right or left. You've got to pick one. And I don't think you fall, like you said, you don't fall into boxes easily. So how would you describe your political beliefs 
and have they remained stable throughout your life or have they changed? Um, well, the name of the show is Conservatish, but it's kind of tongue in cheek, meaning I knew really early on uh, in 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 like a, probably about a year and a half before I started the, the show, I knew that it's our definitions that get us stuck. Because I've been I've been pretty staunchly like I'm gonna vote for Trump for like three years now, right? And every single conservative that I follow, every almost every single conservative who follows me, none of them hate gays. I don't know why we have this fucking idea that we're still in 1986 that that conservative means that I have to put a caveat that says, you know, well, but I like gay people, or I, but I, I, you know, the 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 idea that I have to explain myself or whatever is what bothers me. So it is tongue in cheek because I'm already ahead of them. I'm trying to say conservatish in order to fuck with their definitions. Um, but one of the taglines of the show has been like, can't I like gays and guns? Like, why does it have to be 100% in this camp or that camp? You know what I mean? And so I like finding people for my show who are going to disrupt narratives because it makes me happy. It may feel something. I've always been like a rebellious douchebag in that way. Um, but I always, I always assumed, like you've talked about many times um, on this show, I always kind of assumed that I was liberal. You know what I mean? I remember, you know, when I look back at old, because um, you're an artist. Things, well, of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm Puerto Rican, and I'm, you know, whatever. I'm this. I'm that. Um, you know, uh, and plus I was in the Bay Area, and there was an assumption. There's an assumption. There's a very hipster assumption when it comes to politics. Of course, you all believe if you're a good person. Of course. Uh, um, I don't want to go off too, too many tangents, but essentially in 2016, I, I started doing more research before the election and I, and I got big into Bernie for like a, a couple of days. <laughs> and then I voted for Bernie and then he didn't win. And then I voted for Hillary. And that night, um, a girl, I had, we had just broken up a couple, like a month or two prior. And she called me crying because she was like, it's the end of the world. And even though I had voted for Hillary and that I didn't, didn't like Trump, I was like, I don't really think it's, I don't, I don't think we're gonna die. I don't, like Nazi, what the, what the fuck? Um, Cause I had known people, uh, especially a very, a, a very close family member of mine has, has been staunch Trump even before I heard that he was running for politics. Um, and, and she likes to eat vagina. So like, you know, I, I, it wasn't, that was one of those, well, but you're, but you shouldn't. Um, and so that kind of, the cognitive dissonance is what really I like uh, starting for people. It, it makes me happy. And, um, and so once I started realizing, once I realized I don't think everybody's Nazi who voted for him, and then Milo was, Milo was essentially the mm -hmm. one who really did it for me, is everybody thinks that this guy's Hitler, Satan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, once everybody believes something, I immediately take the opposite tag. I immediately, I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to do my own research into this. So I started watching some videos and fell down a rabbit hole, just like you, Carrie, where it was like, oh, you know what? I don't really think, I mean, he's a little over the top. He's a little emotional, a little this, whatever. But I'm agreeing with some of what he's saying. And then I fell into Jordan Peterson. I fell into Camille Paglia, who I still adore. Um, I fell into a bunch of different types of stuff. And um, and uh, from there, I realized, yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm liberal anymore. Or whatever this definition, this current definition. Whatever. Of, Whatever's leftist. currently calling itself liberal, right. maybe put it that way. Yeah, right. I right. assume in the Bay Area, though. I mean, because I, I've been in the Bay Area for twenty years, and and it seems like in, the, in recently, I'll say in the last few years, I I assume that what happened is people 
like for a while you could have differing viewpoints as long as they were you were kind of i'll say classically liberal about certain topics like gays and that kind of which you know i was so it didn't matter no one really cared that i liked guns it was a little bit weird but okay fine um at least i was on quote their side for most of politics but you know in the past few years it's gotten if you're if you deviate if you color out of the line Hmm. at all Hmm. you're automatically conservative um Hmm. so i'm wondering it it, did the word conservatish were you called conservative like did people treat you as if you were conservative because you were not coloring in the lines I literally started the show with that name because it's more interesting than the Peter Feliciano show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and plus it's, it's kind of plucky and kind of, you know, I'm being a bit of an ass. Um, I like being the, you know, like I said, I like being the, the pebble in people's shoe, but also because I, I, it was my coming out essentially. It was my coming out as being this guy for years. I'd been doing music in, in the Bay area for years. I'd been writing and, and performing hooks for rappers around the country. And actually one guy in Japan too. Um, I had been doing a bunch of, and, and of co- there was an even more of courseness where even at every hip hop show, it needed to be the last two or three years I was performing at every hip hop show. It needed to be like, this song is about the struggle and this song's about fucking police. And this song's about this. And this song's about that, where it was just like an of courseness. Um, and it started to bother me a teensy bit, but I don't know if I ever really thought I was conservative, whatever, until until I a couple months before I started the show. And I'm like, you know what? I want to have a place where I can say absolutely anything, literally everything that I want, rant as freely as I can, have interesting conversations, and essentially humanize people that I want to humanize. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I ask you a question? This is something we've been talking about for a while. We keep coming back to. And then today in particular, I had some conversations about this. What is your take on where we stand culturally when, when it comes to comedy and music and how they've been overtaken by wokeness? Do you Where do you think it's heading? Are we heading to a place where something's going to break out and change what is culturally dominant at the moment? Or are there any, um, do, you, do you have a, if you were to give us a, a preview of what, where you, what you think the future holds, is there a reason for hope? Where's comedy because, coming? Are you yeah. asking me because my head looks like a crystal ball? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you told me not um, to mention your bald head. Thank I'm you very- for not doing that. It's very <laughs> hurtful of me to do it to myself. Um, that's a good question. Um, so I'm, I've, I've kind of taken the tack recently where I don't think it's the end of the world. And, and, and I, I kind of defer, I kind of split from a lot of conservatives. Or, or really, I like, I like your guys' show because you, again, it's the fucking labels that get us in trouble. And I, I was talking about it on my last show with Katie Hopkins where I think anybody, just I call it the non-leftist side or the non-liberal side. That's a big fucking dent. You know what I mean? A lot of the people who follow me are like, you know, I look on their profile and it's like Christian Patriot. I'm like, you're not going to like some of the nasty memes I talk about, you know, choking girls and stuff like you. You're, it's not going to go well for you to follow me. I'm a little too conservative for the liberals. I'm a little too liberal for the conservatives. So, um, but I take attack the way, where I split with those people is I talk about, I really don't think it's the end of the world because you can't breed out humanity that quickly. You can't breed out, um, so here's an example. When it comes to the, the analogy being sex, when it comes to the analogy being dating, you can be raw, raw feminism all you want, but where the rubber meets the road, how, how, uh, how real can I be on this show? <laughs> how no, you can be real because I was going to ask you about your comments about AOC with Katie Hopkins. So we're going to get into this anyway. So, <laughs> uh, so go ahead. I'll say it exactly how I want to say it. 
You can be rah-rah feminism or fourth-wave feminism all you want, but where the rubber meets the road, whose pussy gets wet when I choke them? You know what I'm saying? Like, where the rubber meets the road, <laughs> cover your eyes. <laughs> right. Talked about this on my show, Carrie. Where the rubber meets the road, you want somebody fucking strong. You want somebody who you cannot, girls, you want somebody who you cannot steamroll. You know what I'm saying? And so you want somebody who you can respect and be like, oh, this guy, I can trust this guy. I feel safe with this guy because I can't steamroll him. I can't, whether not just muscle, but intellectually, right? So fourth wave feminism wise doesn't necessarily fit the narrative. And that's why there's a lot of unhappy women, especially in San Francisco. Um, so. Well, this is, wait, let me interject here for a second. In um, less visual terms, (laughs) Uh, what I, what I think I hear you saying and tell me if I'm wrong or right, but um, I knew a lot of women in the social justice world and social justice feminists who would date these sort of woke male feminist guys, but then privately talk about how they're attracted to and, and, and were upset with themselves for being attracted to uh, really hyper masculine conservative types or, you know, alpha guys. And I had a friend who she was always talk about it, how she was like, I, I'm just, and she was upset with herself, but she would say, I just want a guy who like does something for a living where his hands get dirty and he knows how to fix things. And, but she felt that that was a problem and that wasn't the kind of guy she dated. It was almost like she was trying to change what she was what she or she wished she could change what she was attracted to. Well, they hate that their own biology. Of- that's just part of being a leftist. So <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly right. Um, and that's why I, I, I brought that up because you cannot breed humanity out that quickly. Uh, uh, essentially the unhappiness, the unsatisfied sex life, the unsatisfied art life, the unsatisfied, whatever will catch up to you. It's nipping at everybody's heels, every leftist heels. And so that's why they're surprised when, you know, oh, I, I, consent is sexy, and then in the back of their heads, with they don't they don't tell other people, but I fucking know because I've talked to you motherfuckers mm. and I've listened to a lot of. Sometimes, sometimes, a lot of times, there are rape fantasies out there. God forbid, I don't know why I have this. But not in just me. sometimes. I think it's one of the most popular fantasies there is, is for Thank American you. women. Yeah, actually, and yet I've, I've we read, never uh, fucking talk about it. No. So we did yeah. back when I was still working in comedy with some you know, woke comedians, there was one comic out, we were working on a pitch uh, for a show. And one of the episodes was about porn. And we did a lot of research about um, like porn statistics. I know there's a joke to be made there, but we did a lot of research about stats. And one of the things we found was that, um, yeah, like one of the highest, the search terms that women use when they're searching for porn, rape fantasy was like in the top three. I think it might've been the Oh yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't talk about this on the show, but uh, I'm on the board of a sex toy company. Absolutely, that is a fan. Like I know that industry. Right. Yes, it is right. a fantasy. It is, a, so- is a well documented fantasy. Everyone knows. Um, and and I have a question for you though. Um, do you? Th- so I think that something's happened to guys because if you want to be a moral man, what you've been you've been given a false dichotomy by society, which is uh, you've got to let go of your masculinity to be a moral man. The way to be a moral man is to be uh, a pathetic beta, right? And and to f- be uh, you know obsequious, follow follow the woman around and always defer to her, and you know be this pathetic beta. 
and guys that that want to be moral um feel like they need to give up their masculinity in order to do that and so what 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 you get left with the guys who are actually embrace their masculinity tends to also be i'll say quote bad boys guys who actually aren't even moral you end up with most of the masculine people left are actually i would say not as moral as the general population because they're the ones who actually feel good about being men and they don't give a crap about being good. Uh, and so I think it's, there's this infectious problem where when you raise a young man and tell him to be moral, you've got to be a beta, uh, you're going to end up usurping, you're going to end up corrupting what otherwise would be the moral masculine men and you're going to get left with you know, immoral masculine men as the only masculine men left. Right. Uh, so but I'm we, wondering if that rings true for you or if that's just bullcrap. No, no, it absolutely rings true for me. In fact, one of the, one of my big things is, is that if femininity or emotionality, whatever you want to call it, um, which is an important part of our lives, it's an important part of humanity and our culture and all that stuff. But if it's running amok, it's not girl's fucking fault. You do not blame the tiger for attacking Roy. You know what I mean? You, 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 right. you, you understand what I'm saying? Um, so we're all dirty little animals in our own wonderful way. And I think it's masculinity's fault. So I'll, I'll bring it this far or into, into a realm that I'm comfortable with. Again, surprise, surprise, sex. Um, when it comes to uh, a good dominant male, like in, in, the, in the BDSM world, I hate saying that fucking phrase, but it is what it is. Um, uh, so in that world, a true dominant is not a selfish douchebag. A true dominant is not gonna actually abuse a motherfucker. It's motherfuckers who are insecure about their masculinity that have to abuse, that have to run rampant, that have to not listen to a girl, not pay attention. It's real ass fucking dominance, sense energy are open, and and after fucking her up, are also quite like to me, I cuddle, bitch. Like fucking let's do it. You know what I mean? I love that shit. After some rough, crazy, whatever, but it's it's about sensing the energy and being true to my my own energy as well. And when that happens, it opens it up. It's not like, okay, if I give myself over to this masculine energy, if I'm a woman, if I give myself over to this masculine energy, I'm not gonna have a voice. Bullshit. Maybe back way long ago, but shit has changed. You know what I mean? The old version of masculinity running amok was we could beat the shit out of you and have no consequences or very little consequences because, well, we're married. Well, now the opposite has ha has happened and, um, I think it's just I think they justify it by like any child. Well, um, you guys had it for a good for a long time. So now we have to and I was having a long conversation with Unlearn and uh, Lil MC, a couple of a couple of rappers on my show last month, where that knee jerk justification happens very quickly. Well, you know, white people are, are I, I was complaining about white people not uh, getting a fair shake. And he was like, well, you guys had it good for a long time. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. where in, in what fucking world? Um, is immaturity ever sustainable for a long time? In what world, if I have two kids and one of them I give a candy and the other one I don't, if he goes and pisses all over the and throws a tantrum, do I go, I'm sorry, please take this candy and now you have to take another and now you have to, because it's an insatiable energy, never is it sustainable, never is it a mature way to, to even things out or make people feel okay. The even Stevens is what I talk about, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's also, I mean, it's also just completely immoral because you, you weren't responsible for the stuff that white people did 100 right. years ago. You're right. your own person. 
You're you're and only forty five percent responsible. Right. right. Yeah. Well, so I'll only say forty five percent reparation. Yeah. Yeah. Forty six. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I look. But but they, you know, if you if you turned around, you could use the same philosophical premise and turn around and say to them, "Oh, here are some traits that your identity group is bad at. Mm. I will now ascribe them all to you and punish you." So, for example. Um, your identity group might have a higher violent crime rate. So I'm going to put you in jail because, uh, I assume that you're more likely to be violent. So I'm going to treat you harsher. That's immoral, mm. uh, but it's the exact same logic. Yeah, it is. Side note, by the way, to everybody out there who's, who's interested, uh, black people are 13% of the population and yet 53% of the murders, 60% of robberies. Uh, and just in case people say, well, that's that's all the racist cops. Even if half of those arrests were just evil racist cops and the black person did nothing wrong, it's still double what it should be, right? They're not actually racist because they've <clears> also <throat> done studies. They've done victim studies yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. to verify that that data is correct. It's not about arrests. It's actually about victims of crime that have been hurt. So that's right. Don't even and concede the 50 percent. And it's, by it's, the way, the uh, white people are about 60-ish percent of the population and yet 85% of DUI arrests. That was an interesting thing. So it's, they're being unfairly yep. pulled over as well. Sorry, Carrie, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know those DUI rates. That's interesting. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think also, um, uh, I think also it's a higher percentage of murder victims are black. Because mm -hmm. most, most, yes, that's true. most crime happens like intraracially. So most um, you know, white people are attacking other white people and most you know, black people are attacking other black people. It's, crime tends to be this, more often than not, an intraracial thing. And so um, part of the, that, that statistic is like the other side of it. It's also like higher percentage of murder victims. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I had, a, I had a question actually for Carrie. Carrie, mm -hmm. before you before you started changing and you were a social justice warrior, how did you sleep at night? How much melan melatonin? <laughs> how much how much sleepy time tea did you have to swing swig down before you could? <laughs> well, I drank back then, so ah. yeah. So it was more of a question of how much wine. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I believe that I was doing good. I believed that I believed in the way that social justice sells itself, which is that it's this belief system that's going to help us to eradicate the world of oppression and eradicate the world of bigotry and racism and sexism. And I believed that, but deep down, and I think this is probably true. I mean, I have no evidence of this, but I think it's true based on the people I know who are still in it. And based on what I like trying to, trying to make uh extrapolate based on what was true for me is there was always something off in my gut, like something a bit off, even though I believed in it, I didn't feel when I look back at, at myself now, I'm like, I always felt a little bit uh, like this sort of low grade anxiety and just, I don't know, like not authentic. And, and I think, I think that comes from, even if you're not cognizant of the fact that, that what you're speaking are lies <laughs> or, and that, that deep down part of you knows, even if you're not aware of it, even if you believe the lies yourself, does that make sense? And I think a lot of them have that, co that cognitive dissonance. And I think a lot of them are, that's why, I mean, a lot of those social justice people, I know the people who are still in it, they're like deeply unhappy. Um, 
and I know that that's that that can be true for anyone. It doesn't you don't have to be a social justice person to struggle with mental health issues or to be unhappy or whatever. But it seems like a disproportionate number of social justice people are just kind of miserable and don't really understand why they're miserable. And it it becomes really convenient to blame it on you know, the patriarchy and uh, white supremacist culture. And there's always something outside of yourself to blame it on. And instead of really, they blame it on, oh, Trump was great. Trump was a great thing to point to and say, you know, that's why I'm upset. And then, and then go on social media and say like, what meds are you guys taking? Like, tell me, you know. <laughs> I saw so many posts like that. They'll be like, I just can't stand living in this world where he's president. By the way, what medications are you guys on? Mm-hmm. I need some recommendations. Right. <laughs> I go, what? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I hope that answers. No, it, yeah, it does. I, because uh, I think as far as my my role in the Super Friends um, is the more <laughs> psychological angle. You know what I mean? I, I think it's easy to go, everybody, everybody who AOC hates her country. Like, no, nah, like that's not only is it lazy, it's not effective. We're not going to move forward if you just say, do if you do the exact same fucking thing that they did to us for the last four years and just say evil, racist, blah, blah, blah. Not going to listen. No, no, no. I like having liberals on my show. And the majority of them are actually quite fucking reasonable when you take them off of social media and you get them alone for some, even then coming on the show is an example of them being, you know, salvageable. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, But getting into the psychology angle of it is, is, is kind of my, that's, that's where my passion is because I want to, I want to save these motherfuckers. Like, and I don't think you have to agree. I mean, this is my fucking shirt that I designed. I don't think we all have to agree on politics in order for us to get together. But, and, and you, you probably relate to this Carter in the Bay area and in New York. I have never, never had someone assume that I was a Trump supporter. I have had every single time I'm in a, I'm in an Uber. I was driving Uber for a year and a half, two years. I was in Starbucks. I was in this, I was in that. It would be like, isn't it crazy what Trump's doing? And I'm like, what? Who? we're in a fucking public setting. We don't know each other. The rudeness and immaturity for you to just assume, what is it because I look racially ambiguous? What the fuck is the reason for you to bring that rudeness to my life? And it's because I like getting into the psychology of it and, and, and affecting people. I think that's, to go back to the Milo thing, that's what was helpful about him. Because if someone's throwing a tantrum, you cannot logic with them. How many times have we seen a, 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 a skinny white mom going, now, Caden, please stop. No, we're not going to. Sometimes you just need to emotionalize <laughs> to affect some change. Sometimes you need to be a so lightning rod a little bit. What I is think- the psychology? What do you think the psychology is behind the person who comes up to you at a Starbucks and says, can you believe that thing Trump did? Isn't he ridiculous or whatever? Well, the top layer is self-importance. Underneath self-importance is an insecurity. So therefore, it's fear. You know what I mean? I think the, at the very at the very base, the root of it is fear. I'm living in a place of fear. I don't feel important. I don't feel heard. I don't feel seen. And so I'm going to affect that one way or a motherfucking other. It used to be I used to wear Jinkos or I used to listen to a certain band or I used to whatever. I would be a part of a group one way or another because I'm fucking desperate to touch people, especially now when we can't even touch each other, especially now when we can't even listen to each other or talk to each other. I'm going, I need to feel it. I need to fill that spiritual hole one way or another. And God damn it. If it means I need to, if I need to be a, a beta bitch, like you were talking about, if I need to be, if I need to be a, a, a woke white person, if I need to stand there with a sign, the, the whole culture of, 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 uh, 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 
what's that fucking word where we're to rally a protest. Thank you. The whole protest culture is I hope my sign gets viral. Let's be fucking real. All these motherfuckers are, I make my sign and then I hope that I get seen on Instagram when someone else shares it and it goes viral. It's, it's, it's importance, which comes from underneath that fear and insecurity. Can I, can I throw something to... out there though? Ahead, Let me ahead. jump in because, uh, I, do you think part of it is Carter's the one who introduced this term to me? Um, we were talking about the like manipulation te techniques that that sometimes, especially that narcissists use. Mm -hmm. And but but you don't have to be a narcissist to use this. When it was, it's the idea of force teaming, where you uh, kind of force someone to be on your team by using language like "we" mm -hmm. and "us," and mm -hmm. also by who you exclude from the "we" and "us." And so, do you think part of it is they? It helps to spread. Um, their viewpoint through social pressure because they're automatically assuming you share it. They're like, or no. No, I think they genuinely believe, or or maybe you're not, maybe I'm misunderstanding the question, yeah. but uh, I think they genuinely believe that I am that. Oh, yeah. I think they, okay. I think they genuinely believe that everybody who voted for Trump, um, if it wasn't Russian bots first, everybody who voted for Trump is all in uh, Arizona <laughs> and east of Arizona or you know, Florida and south of Washington, D.C. So they think they, these are people who they've never actually run across. I went to a, a conference in Oklahoma City. I was living in the Bay Area 2016, I think. And I went to a conference in Oklahoma City and I saw gay kids running around. I saw black kids with white kids running around. I saw people with pink hair. It wasn't like everybody, like it wasn't deliverance. You know what I mean? I, and people in the Bay Area, Los Angeles and New York, a little easier in New York, and maybe I'll get into that, but especially in California, are so myopic because they just don't have other experience. They don't they don't touch people who disagree. And so of course, there's an of courseness. There's a hipster, you know, uh, you know, Phil's uh coffee in, in the Bay Area. When I first went to Phil's, they didn't it was different than other coffee shops, but they just assumed that you knew how to of course because all the cool people go here. You know what I mean? Like I it wasn't that. you have to yeah. walk in and go around yes. and then order a different way than a different fucking star, but but no one explains it because of course you know, right? Because <laughs> you're supposed to know. You're just supposed to know. That's right? how you show you're cool, because you know how Phil's works. Right. And so I yeah. like being a, a thorn in motherfucker sides. I enjoy it. It makes me happy. And not only are the majority of people uh, reasonable, but I also think they're salvageable as such a like, I don't know, it's kind of might be a dehumanizing word, but I don't care. Um, uh, I like when people are not coming and swinging on my comments, on my private messages, whatever. I like engaging them. I like talking to them. I had a guy reach out to me last night because I, I was uh, ranting about Asian drivers on my Instagram last night because I was on Mark Hughes' show uh, pulling the trigger. <laughs> so I was way, about. I saw oh, yeah, Mark no. in chat. Hello, Mark. He's here. Hi, Mark. Oh, he's in chat. Hey, Mark. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I don't think Canadians are real people. Can we just, can we just, <laughs> I think Scott Thompson and the kids in the hall, they're from fucking North Dakota. Okay. I don't even, there's like five people up in Canada and they don't matter. Let's be real. Mark. Um, <laughs> Come on. They're at least they're good approximate simulations. Approximately, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a uh, <clears throat> Norm Macdonald was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, and he was like, he Jerry said a joke that Canada was like, if an alien was looking at America and trying to re rebuild what he thought America looked like. <laughs> How do we make humans? Yeah. Right. Um, what was I? What was I saying? Oh, you were oh. saying you were ranting you were about Marquise's Asian show. drivers. Yeah, I was ranting yeah. about Asian drivers and how, from my experience, they are the fucking worst. But that doesn't mean I want to dehumanize them. I just want to tease them. Can I just fucking tease them? 
and I and I ranted about it on my or I set, uh, put a clip on my Instagram, and people. Um, one guy, you know, reached out to me or put a comment. Um, he said he's a, a Korean guy I've done some some music with, and he's like, hey, you know, I know you're coming from a good place, and we're good, but I think this is bad timing because there's been attacks on elderly Asian women. And number one, I didn't know about that. Okay. Um, and so he, he asked respectfully if I would take it down. And listen, I love the guy. He's a nice person. He's coming from a good place. If I was um, heavy handedly, like it's because you hate your country, you hate white people. No, 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 no. Um, he's coming from a good place, but I engaged in a conversation with him and I said, okay, I didn't know that. Let me go look it up. But even if it is, because I, I came back and said this, even if this is happening, cunts are going to cunt. You know what I mean? Like, to be real, to be frank, if they're looking for an excuse to be a racist piece of shit, they're going to find it. And they're not going to look to some half Puerto Rican to justify racism. They're not white supremacists. Don't follow me. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've talked about, you know, fucking dudes mouths. You know what I mean? I've talked about the fact that I'm half Puerto Rican. I've talked about all this stuff. I don't fit with them anyway. They don't follow me. They're not looking at me as a moral guide if they can start abusing elderly women in the streets of Oakland. So I was like, listen, even though this is happening and I love them and I'm sending love to them and this is tragic, I'm not I'm not going to take it down. And he understands. I, I, I invited him on my show. Hopefully, hopefully he shows up. But um Oh, by the way, just as a side note, have you seen the the stories of what's going on in Oakland Chinatown over in the Bay, no. Carter? No. And yeah, there has I, been also, a, I also don't know about these attacks that you're talking about. Yeah, so there have been some, apparently, uh, a rise in in uh, random attacks on elderly Asians um, in, in Oakland Chinatown. Now, the media and the people, the uh, district attorney or whatever in Oakland are saying it's because Trump uh, spewed hate about uh, about the calling it the China virus. When you look at the video, but there's no Trump voters in all of Oakland. So like, how can that be mm, possible? Mm. And when you look at the video, here's a, f a wonderful thing that a lot of these dum-dums are missing. When you look at the, I've, I saw two videos of random attacks on Asians. They were both from black people. Ah, surprise, surprise. Same thing that happened in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn over the last two years, there was a ton, a huge spike in attacks on Jews in Brooklyn. Random attacks, throwing pipes through synagogue windows, hitting people in the back of the head who, who had payas. Random attacks. And it was brrr, fucking black people. Okay, it wasn't, let's, I mean, I'm not saying, like you said, mm -hmm. I'm not saying let's round up black people and stop them from whatever, but it does not fit the narrative. So to just say there's a symptom, let's not talk about the disease is not, and and let's call it something else. Let's just say it's it's Trump. Do you think these little black teenagers running around Oakland Chinatown are like looking to Trump for a moral moral guide? It's right. it's fucking dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Can we, can we get back to something that you're because uh, I, I I didn't I want to I want to talk more about this when you were talking about fear being the motivating factor. Yeah. Um, because I think there's something. I suspect that there's something else, which is, and I don't know if you're religious or not. So, um, okay, I, I, I suspect that there's something, something to do with a lack of meaning, because mm -hmm. when you don't have meaning in your life, I think what you do is you turn towards secondhand meaning. You look to your community, you look to the people around you, for validation about whether you're moral or like if you have your own moral code, right, and you know. You know, this is what I believe to have integrity. I need to live as close to these values as I can, and then I'll, I'll feel good about my life and how I'm conducting it. 
But if you're not really sure what the your moral code is, um, because you've maybe rejected religion, you didn't put the work in to figure out any other moral code at all. So you're just kind of through osmosis, um, figuring out what's right and wrong. You tend to look to your left and look to your right and look look around and see you replace moral judgment with, am I getting approval from other people around me? That that substitutes for moral judgment. And so if you're constantly seeking approval, because it's never going to be enough, and part of you probably knows that you're not really sure if that approval is moral anyway. Um, so you've kind of substituted popularity for morality. And I think walking up to someone, virtue signaling that you have a certain belief and that you expect them to have a belief as well is a way to kind of signal, I'm part of this community that's that's popular here in the Bay Area, the moral community. I, I'm My morals are the popular morals and that, main, that makes them right. Mm. It's not. It's kind of a half baked thought, but I'm hoping you can. Yeah, run with yeah. That. I um, I I can I can definitely agree with that. I think the basis of it is still fear, but I think. I think it also goes down to again, and maybe this is, you know, slapdash. Maybe maybe myopic in my own way, um, but I think it also goes down to a lack of masculinity. For a long time, we would look, culturally, to men to be. You know what I mean? Like to be like, okay, or at least for what dudes do, we hunt, we gather, we, you know, we protect, we beat the, you know, if we're walking through the woods, one of us needs to carry the baby and one of us needs to have a spear and kill the wolf. You know what I mean? So we would have that culturally, but I think it's, it's been sunk down from, from underneath. And I think why is a whole nother conversation, but um, I think it also comes from that lack of structure. And so the structure has to come from somewhere. And what better way than the government being our big daddy? You know what I mean? Well, maybe what you're saying, though, is, well, I'm not going to, I won't put words in your mouth. Maybe it's that masculinity is the, is is one of the protectors of the of that integrity and of those morals. Like men don't, men don't grow up being told, get along with other people. Like men, masculinity has a lot more, tolerance for disagreement mm -hmm. than femininity, like broadly mm -hmm. speaking, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, standing up for what you believe in and creating waves and having conflict is not viewed as problematic. That's viewed as actually expected. In fact, if you raise a young man, you expect him to create conflict in the world because you expect him to stand for something and stick by his own principles, and that will create conflict. Whereas uh, femininity traditionally is more conflict avoidant. You're going to say something, Carrie? Yeah, I agree. Oh, I was just going to ask him to define, I was going to ask you to define what you meant by that, Carter, that masculinity has more tolerance for disagreement than femininity. You, do you mean that fem, uh, women are more Well, just more look at agreeable? the big five personality scale. The agreeableness right. is lower for men than women. Okay, right. Right, I mean, that's that's what I mean. It's like there's, there's a higher, I mean, think about, uh, Think about even how the left characterizes competition, right? They characterize the, comp the co competition of capitalism. And that's not even real. I mean, it's not even like bloody competition. It's just, I sold more shoes than you did. So I make more money. Like that's kind of a, a lame ass competition from the biological perspective. Um, but even that is characterized as somehow hypermasculine and competition is bad. And we're more about cooperation. And, you know, that that's, they've characterized forms of competition as masculine, i.e. toxic, mas toxically masculine, i.e. bad. Okay. okay. I think I, I think I follow. I just wanted you to, 
define that a little bit. No, yeah. and, and on, on a nature level, and these a lot of these lefties are big old fucking atheists. I don't know why um, they have thrown out the idea of of the animals that we are if they're fucking atheists, but whatever. Um, on, a, on an animal level, on an evolutionary level, it makes sense for guys to be more autonomous. It makes sense to guys be more like, no, fuck you, I'm willing to fight. Not that women aren't, can't, aren't protectors. I mean, lions are an example. Okay, great, whatever. Um, but like most, most of the time in the animal world, the, the, the women have their job or whatever is to be that, is to be that, uh, um, I don't know how to fucking put it. I guess to be slapdash with it, to be at the fucking cave, like setting up the house. You know what I mean? Like to, to, to protect the kids. <laughs> Na- nesting. 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 It's the nurturing. Absolutely. It's the nurturing. We're yeah. running out into the fucking woods. You know what I mean? And and look at look at war. You know what I mean? When you look at any... I know this is I, dumb. I still... I do nesting. I go to Goodwill. I'm always bringing things back for my nest that I don't absolutely. need. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And it's not like I don't buy things from time to time, but like my fucking house... I mean, like, I'm 34 years old. I have nothing on my walls. It looks like a fucking hospital up in this motherfucker. Okay, there's nothing. There's no. I'm. Tr- I keep trying to like. Oh, I gotta buy some art. There's nothing. I'm Japanese up in this motherfucker. Um, I always think you're in a motel room when I see that image because there's like, <laughs> like I just there's like no, Peter, but a motel room would have art. I have too <laughs> many Goodwill finds for my nest. I'll send you some. You can have Fantastic. some of my yeah. Free shit. You can also look at how they how people shop differently. Guys tend to, at least I've noticed it with my wife and frankly every girlfriend I've ever had. Right when when we want to go shopping, my idea of shopping is I have a targeted list of some things I want. I know where they are. I get out of the car. I march into the store. I grab the things on my list. I immediately leave. And her idea of shopping is. I'm going to go in the store and I'm going to walk around for a while and I'm going to browse and maybe something will strike my fancy and it's yeah. going to be a long yeah. browsing process and I'm not really sure what I'm going to end up with at the end. Maybe I'll end up with nothing at the end and that's okay. Um, and that those are just very different ways of, of looking at the world. And I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I'm saying one is traditionally more masculine than the other and both are needed for a functioning society. Right. And and goes back to the the earlier idea that you that you posited, uh, Carter, is when it comes to throwing the throwing out of traditions and replacing it, right? Like we used to have the church as the as the moral guide and the and the structure. The church used to be the place, you know, for okay, uh, you know, it used to be the social circle. It used to be the you know everybody, you know, it used to be the kind of the hub, the cultural hub. And so we've yeah. thrown that away. And I think it was either Ben Shapiro a couple years ago. I can't remember, but it was. There's an idea on the non-liberal side that gets that gets thrown around is okay. The current day leftism is okay. We're going to throw out this structure. We're going to throw out these traditions. We're going to throw out this cultural norm without any fucking understanding or even desire to understand of why the fuck we have it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, just because something is a generalization, like you're saying, doesn't mean that. I mean, the majority of the of the women who I know who are a, a, like a little bit, just to get Patrice with it. Patrice is my favorite comic. I've mentioned him in almost every fucking episode. Oh, um, can I go ahead? I'll something later. Hang on to that. Um, the way the way Patrice used to say it, like a, a good relationship with a woman is when she's a, a little bit a little bit unsure when she's just a little bit insecure. <laughs> now, now I'm not insecure like, hey, bitch, you look fat, but insecure like, okay, I feel a little bit 
dangerous. This guy's a teensy bit scary, whether intellectually or physically or whatever. This guy's a, I, I feel kind of safe because I know that if someone knocks on my fucking door, he's going to be able to protect us, right? So a little bit scary equals more fulfillment belly-wise, fulfillment animal-wise. When this guy's like, this guy's a real-ass motherfucking man. He's a real motherfucker. I like this dude. As a dude, I don't look to my girl to be like, Oh, she's a real woman. Like, okay, yeah, sometimes. But like, to be to be real with it, to be frank, to be a bit, you know, slapdash, is I want a cut man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm actually in the ring knocking motherfuckers out, and when I when it's ding ding, and I need somebody to cut the blood blood bubble above my eye, squirt Gatorade into my fucking mouth, and tell me you're you're doing great, you're killing it, keep going, blah blah blah. That's what I need. I need a fucking Robin, and and rather than just throwing that out. People, we have no fucking Batman now, okay? Without Robin, sorry. You And you can't, now we need fucking Batman to be like, no, I'm a fucking Batman. I'm that one in the fucking ring. I know you felt like because you were Robin, I could smack you around and have no consequence. I could I could divorce you and not take care of you financially. I could, you know, there was lots of rapity rape rape. You know, there was, there was some crazy shit for a long time. Masculinity was a little fucking needed to be, needed to be checked a little bit. But just because that tradition had some had some vagaries doesn't mean we throw it all out and and because you're not going to breathe that that out of us that quickly number one and number two it feels good like you said pay pay attention to your belly you know what i mean like it feels good to be honest with yourself it fucking feels good to have structure it fucking feels good to feel like you know as far as my walk through like you were talking about carter my walk through this show not only was it coming out uh, as non-liberal but it also was like I know who I am. Like it has helped. It has served me spiritually. This the show that I have on. You know that it has served me mentally, emotionally to be like this is my voice. I'm giving myself a voice. It feels good to not be swaying in the wind, depending on what people think about me. I was going to yeah. say, uh, not only do we not have a Batman now, we have Batwoman. And <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that show, but everything that I've heard about it, it's a complete destruction of the character. And it's that sort of uh, um, sexism directed towards men in mm -hmm. the show, where mm -hmm. even in the trailer for the first season, she said something like uh, they were she found the bat suit or something. And they, and they said, oh, it's perfection. She said it will be once a woman wears it. <laughs> you know, wait, can I, can I just comment on that for a yeah. second? Because I want to point something out. I, I want to point something out. All these shows with women like that who, like, the suit makes them her Batwoman and gives her all this power and blah, blah, blah. And that the suit, like, she manifests her toughness through all this. It's all just a metaphor for actual men. The, the feminists, the loud, angry feminists that act like they're so tough and they want to do X, Y, and Z and they want the state to do A, B, and C. The state is men with guns. Everything mm. they want is is all of their desires. Everything that they claim is empowering is I'm going to get a bunch of men with guns to force you. That's all it is. They're really just Karens. All of them, all they are is little busybody Karens who are like, yes. I'm going to call the boys in with guns. That'll make you do it. That's what a law is. A law right. is boys with guns. That's all it is. So there's right. nothing empowering about saying, I'm going to I'm gonna have guys with guns come force you. That's not empowering for a female, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. Right. It's the same that's thing with... It's the same thing with uh, uh, that idea of like Hillary Clinton, Camille. I love Camille Pallier to death. And she said, Hillary Clinton is not 
a feminist icon. She got her job because she was married to a dude. Okay, she got her job, she got her status because she was married to a dude. And she may have done the climbing of the ranks uh, once she was already established because she was married to a dude. She got her power because of a man. That's not a feminist icon. I thought she got her power because of the pantsuit. No. Um, but I, <laughs> once I just a wanted woman's to, in it. <laughs> once a woman's in it, I just wanted to read, these are not super chats, but uh, there's a lot of people in the chat tonight. And uh, Daniel Keene says, Carter, that isn't shopping. That is retrieving your needs. <laughs> and, That's what shopping is, Daniel Keene. And Therese Lupo says, Peter, my daughter is an artist. You need some of her work on your walls. So you should connect with Therese. Therese, hit me up. Peter Dash Feliciano. I get paid in titty pictures. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you wanted I, I'm here. I have to be myself. I have to. No, I would never censor you. I'm only I'm only blushing because I mean I used to work with very raunchy you know yeah. I worked with Margaret Cho and everything but only because my aunt just texted me and I was imagining my aunt watching the show because I was like <laughs> uh, I can't talk right now because I'm on a show don't watch it I love you too babe. you're welcome <laughs> this is a, the water is warm the water is warm um, well wait since you talked about sex and now you've mentioned titty pictures I'm gonna bring this I'm gonna bring another thing up and I'm gonna say something that's gonna piss people off. I'm speaking in generalizations. Women want to be objectified often in the bedroom. Like the whole the whole idea that you shouldn't objectify women mm. is like obviously you shouldn't treat them as objects in the workplace or elsewhere. Like yes, they deserve respect just like any quote gender. Uh but sexually, that's exactly what they want. <laughs> they want to be treated by and large, not all women, but the the idea that objectification is some great sin. And I, I think what we've done is we've taken we've taken all things masculine. And like you were saying, masculinity, you were describing it as it has gone out of, it was out of control. You could, you know, beat people up or whatever. Look, both masculinity and femininity need to have they need to be constrained by morals. Both of them. Masculinity is not more evil than femininity. It's a different for it it can do different evil things. They're not like masculine, neither masculinity nor femininity is inherently moral or immoral. It, they're just, it's a way of being. And those ways of beings need to be constrained morally. And we've been on this, you know, we went on this crusade as a culture to constrain masculinity morally and then overdid it and then just elevated femininity into this point of like, there is no, there's no constraints necessary on femininity. There's no conception that femininity could ever be immoral. Um, and, you know, I you want to see the world fall apart, right? Put a woman I, in charge, as as that I, song would say. Right. I I personally know women who have molested people. Of course. Oh, okay. I personally know them. They've changed their life. They've ch you know. But I'm I turned 19 years sober a couple of days ago, and so I'm a part of a oh, spiritual group that, that thank you that kind of we talk about some of the deeper, nastier shit. I I've, I've done volunteer work at prisons for years, so I know people I, who are friends of mine who have literally done the worst things you can possibly fucking do. Now they've changed their life, they've gotten sober, they've, they, they've, you know, some of them even gotten out and started amazing lives and it's fucking, I'm so goddamn happy for them. But the idea that because you have a puss, that means you're a good person, that's, that comes from, again, uh, the fear, that, that myopicness, myopicity, uh, comes from, comes from uh, comes from fear. And so I think, again, it goes back to that idea of like, let's attack on the emotional, let's attack on the psychological, that's the way to do it. That that meme 
uh, to that Batman thing you were talking about, Carrie, that meme a few years ago, it's, you know, one of those, you would see it now from an aunt, like a 43 year old, 45 year old aunt who listens to eighties music still will post this like corny meme, but, um, you see a, a, a classroom mm-hmm. and there's like seven little girls and six of them are in pink dresses. And one of them is dressed like Batman. And the meme says, At a, in a world full of princesses, dare to be a Batman. Let me pause you. <laughs> Let me pause that douchebag who wrote that. Um, what if you're happy to be a fucking princess? Are you allowed to be happy with like, <laughs> your belly? Are you allowed to be, you know what I mean? What's that, what's that other one? Like, no guy, <laughs> as far as dudes, I used to talk about this. Uh, in the beginning of Facebook, they would have those groups uh, or pages. And one of them said, um, these aren't, bur- these aren't, what was it? These aren't stretch marks. They're, they're, I'm a tiger who's earned her stripes. Can you imagine if a dude started a page that said, it's not the size of the ship, it's the motion of the ocean. Stop it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> stop it. It's douchebaggery. And, and the fact that we're not all on the same page because we know it in our belly, right? Um, yeah. And so it's completely putting a blind eye to the fact that women are on the whole, like you said, generalization, but generalization just because it's a generalization doesn't mean we need to throw out if anyway um on we can the whole, stop making uh, the caveats everything we're talking you. about with masculinity it makes me, is generalization. Oh, yeah it makes yeah. me think of um i have i have friends who have expressed disappointment online and i'm sure you've seen this in the social justice world especially expressed disappointment that their daughters their toddler daughters are playing with dolls and princess toys and and i've even seen them say like i've tried everything you know i'm buying her trucks i'm doing that and and it's like why why are you trying to force this on her right if that's what she likes to play with is dolls and the princess and it's like you're trying to i i I have a daughter carrie and like when she was born i was less cognizant of this stuff and i was more like well i'm gonna give her access to the trucks and I gave her all the stuff, including the, and I actually avoided Disney princess stuff because I was worried about it. I thought it was problematic. Mm. She gravitated like, boom, frozen. All right, like <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we're going. We're going, we're going to princesses like, And these you fucking know. atheists, if you're only living for 80 years and there's no afterlife and there's no, um, no offense, Carter, I know you're an atheist, but like if these leftist la- uh, atheists, um, if these motherfuckers really believe that there is no, there is essentially we are here on, on, a, on a borrowed time where we're, why wouldn't you want to be fucking satisfied for your entire time that you're here? Why wouldn't you want to just be naturally okay instead of uh, a bunch of fucking unfuckable cunts told me that I'm not supposed to be happy dressing like a princess. Fuck you. Wear princess shit if you want to be a princess. And, and you know what? Same thing goes for dudes. My life was fucking saved by Patrice O'Neill. Not not literally, but like by the movement of like, what is my belly telling me to tell this girl right now? What is my belly in this relationship? I was in a relationship back in uh, 08, I want to say, and maybe 06, 06. And I was uh, uh, and she, I was 21. She was 34, and she had a uh, uh, um, um, an inheritance. And I'm a lazy 20-year-old, 21-year-old. I don't, I don't, I don't want to fucking work anyway. And she was like, I hate it when you leave. I was living with her. Um, I hate it when you leave. So just stay home and I'll pay for everything. And I was like, okay, because I didn't know no better, right? And for some reason, we hated each other. For some reason, yeah, if we went more that. than two days without a fight, it was a fucking miracle if we went more than two days without because a fight. Because she didn't respect you. Right. 
Surprise, surprise. And actually, you know what's my... funny? <laughs> so yeah, go, go ahead. This, I literally had this conversation with my wife this morning when she jokingly said, maybe you should just like stop doing everything and stay home with me. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's a bad idea. I'm like, yeah, of course it's right. a bad idea. Like, that's, right. We've, any any <clears throat> healthy couple knows that's a horrible idea. You have to be yourself. And that's what they fell in love with. You, They didn't fall in love with you on the couch being attentive to their needs. They fell in love with you out in the world being yourself. Right. And so, and so why can't we just be all right with that? It's not a lesser or better. Um, it's, it's just, we all have different roles. It's the fucking super friends again. And again, it's it yeah. be, if you're, if you're a solid woman and you're, especially I've noticed women who have had babies or especially had male babies are a lot less social justice warrior. They're a lot more understanding. Mm -hmm. They're a lot more understanding of the animal that men are and the animal that women are. They're a lot more understanding of context. They're a lot more understanding of nuance. They're a lot more funny. Okay. And so the reality goes back to, okay, if I'm only living here for a little bit, why can't I just be happy? Um, fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. And that's essentially what my what my <laughs> show is about. You know what I mean? It's fuck everybody. <laughs> so I, so, I want to ask you a question. Just, wait, 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 wait. First, let me interrupt. Okay. Z Zach Adamson just gave a super chat. And thank you, Zach. And yeah. he says, I like this guy. And the I'm other the thing. Best. I'm the you are, and I, best. I would also just like to make an unsafe space announcement for Marie Buskey, who might be watching this later. You do not have to contribute to the cuss swear jar fund on this episode because you would be broke <laughs> we're letting you off the hook <laughs> hey, say this one word that i normally say on my show i would never do that on other people's show i would leave it but, um, actually marie if you're down uh we can have beverly count up the number of f-bombs that were dropped yeah, that would be great i'll send you an invoice <laughs> yes at the very least can you just give me a plaque that says pete feliciano said <laughs> I can yeah. tell you, you've already won the the award. <sighs> There's no competitor. Feels good. Feels so good in my belly. Yeah. I just want to ask a question from the audience because uh, I think it's an interesting question. Um, Philip says. Uh, He's talking to someone else, but he says, there's no accepted female uniform in the workplace. Men wear a suit. Okay. What should women wear to be professional? That's a serious, this is a serious question. I actually think that's an interesting question because I look at one of the things that bothers me about um, the about how women are treated in the workplace, or at least how the, how they tell each other to behave in the workplace, mm. is that they they have this idea that they have to look like like Hillary Clinton's a guy. Like she just looks like she wears clothes like a guy. She looks like a guy, an ugly guy, but whatever. Like she like <clears throat> they they try and be masculine in order to be in the workplace. And while mm. I obviously for those of you who are only now tuning in and don't know what our beliefs are, obviously I think women have every right and should be in the workplace if they want to be. And if that's what they want to do, that's mm. great. Um, but it does seem like there's not room for women to be feminine. They don't feel like there's room for women to be feminine and in the workplace. It seems like if they choose to be in the workplace, a lot of times they end up giving up part of their femininity and trying to be more masculine. No, what that's not true that? at all. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'll let Peter answer. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Carrie. That I don't think that's true at all. I think it's the opposite. I think women in the workplace, um, if anything, it. I, I don't think they're afraid to be feminine. I think. I think they. Now, where are you working? Can I? I want to take. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. I think maybe in the way they act, maybe in the way they behave, they they take on more aggressive personalities, and they think that um, being assertive means being a jerk. 
But in terms of how they dress and stuff, this goes back to actually, let me bring this in now, since you mentioned it, Peter, this goes back to a Patrice O'Neill joke where he talks about how women dress in the workplace and they wear high heels and makeup. And they're basically, he's like, you're women are like salmon and I'm like a bear and women are like salmon and honey. Right. And he's all like having women and men work together in the, is like having a bear work with a salmon dipped in honey. (laughs) Yeah. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I know Jordan Peterson kind of got in trouble for posing this question he wasn't saying women shouldn't be able to dress however they want. He was just posing a question that like, why do women wear makeup? How did this evolve culturally? Well, rouge and lipstick are meant to simulate, simulate what you're, what you look like when you're aroused, you know, it's meant to highlight the look of arousal and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, you're wearing high heels because it sticks your, booty out a little bit and 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 that that's booty. This is... thank you for protecting <laughs> us from your from your language it is a booty your bum and yeah. uh <laughs> and so i i think i don't know i just don't i didn't see women in the workplace dressing very but also i was working in entertainment so women felt maybe oh you were in la women are beautiful i was in la and women are beautiful and they dress beautiful and they sh- and they show off their yeah. femininity and the even in the business side of entertainment they're they they and even when they're wearing suits they're low-cut tops and stuff like women were not afraid to flaunt what they had and and right. this is interesting to me because look what just happened in the army did you see this like two weeks ago mm-hmm. the army just said okay to help in depression or whatever of women we're going to allow women now we're going to change our dress code for women Women can now wear makeup and loose hair and ponytails and all these feminine things. Well, <laughs> and loose hair. <laughs> yeah, like have their hair down isn't, without having to tie it back. There, you know? I mean, isn't there a reason for not having dangling hair around machinery? You would think, yes. But Here's, it goes, it goes, it adds to this thing on my, as far as people who are. Uh, is cancel culture an example of toxic femininity? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you, as as or whoever that is. Um, but I think it goes goes to this idea um, that I think can be solved with emotional maturity, uh, self awareness. Um, if you ask girls, would you become a man? The one thing that they that would stop them is the power that they have. Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen? as talented and wonderful and handsome as I am, if I had a vagina, I would have been famous 10 fucking years ago. Okay? <laughs> let's be let's be fucking real. The idea that, that, I mean, not just on a comedy angle, on a musician angle, on lots of, you- That's not what Taylor Swift says. You know, she has a video saying if she were a man, it would be so much easier for her. <laughs> right, as she's, as she's literally drowning in money, that dumb motherfucker. Listen, do you know how many fucking open mics I've gone to in my life, okay, where a dumb motherfucker in a hat gets up with in a ukulele and sings about a girl, and people are like, okay, yeah, it's great. They might even buy a fucking CD. But if a girl got up and went, bling, and people want to fuck her, even if she's a goddamn, even if the person who wants, they, they can be a woman, so not even wanting to fuck them. And they're still like, wow, she touched a guitar. She writes her own songs. First things first. No, the fuck she don't. Just because her name, look on Wikipedia, look on Lizzo as an example. Lizzo is a perfect example. Whoa, she's a Or Billie Eilish. Form. I learned about this because of my daughter. She yeah. doesn't write her own shit either. No, no. Lizzo is a perfect Her brother too. writes her shit. Yes, she does. And that song, that song, uh, I just took a DNA test, turns out, right? 
Um, there are four writers on that song, and three of them are dudes. That's not a fucking feminist icon, okay? It's just goddamn not. It did not come from her fucking mind. Some of it did, but four writers, four, and three of them are dudes, not a feminist icon. But that's what I'm saying. The, 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 they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to hang on to the sexual power that they have and yet free the nipple. Can't fucking happen. Cannot fucking happen. They want to do you understand, girls, if you were a little more emotionally mature, you would realize that you can literally put, I wouldn't say comparing, <laughs> but kind of, let's just put it out there. You could put, you could put a lot of the current day, at the very least, for the last 30 years, 40 years, of the bad shit that happens to girls in this hand, and on the other side of the scale, put, uh, put you can fuck literally anytime you want. It would even out. Okay. The reality is no woman. I think most guys would choose the bad shit if they got the other. Yeah. Yes. No woman has, I mean, getting the right dick, that's one thing. But getting any, they can literally have a, a sexual intercourse <laughs> anytime they want. And often you get emotional, emotional fill up, a power fill up when you can string a dude along, right? This, you know, it happens. So the power that you have um, is not something that they're even interested in in listening to our experience. You know what I mean? If it was flipped, they would turn into they would turn into incels real fucking quick. I think some I'm, of them are incels. I'm thinking about this. I'm pondering it. Uh, it does make me think of the statistic about dating sites where they ask men and women to rate their own attractiveness. And then the attractiveness of most of the dating pool, the opposite sex. And they found that women rate themselves really high on average compared to men. And that women also, sure. women also rate all the men on the sites very low compared to the men who rate the women high. Now, is it really that the women are so much more attractive that they're all tens? So much more attractive than the men or is it that in this current culture we have maybe it has something to do with that power that you're talking about mm -hmm. that sense of uh i don't know i don't know what to call that kind of power but whenever you take a group and you tell them and you tell everyone else you can't say anything bad about this group this group is never evil everything this group has done is great and we should all be more like this group that group is going to go ape shit crazy and destroy everything doesn't matter what that group is Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the reality is, is that not only is it not only is it corrupting, but it's also really sad. Like I, I, I was talking about it on the last show with fucking Katie. Um, I have I have talked to many women over the course of my uh, uh, life. One in particular comes to mind who had married a guy when she was 20, 19, 19, 20, uh, was with him for like 15, 20 years. And over the last 10 of it, was super un unattracted to the guy. And the guy was a yes deer, okay? And the yes deer, by the way, and girls don't know this, and, and guys don't know it either, unless you're seeking to be emotionally fucking mature. Sorry to get Lewis Black there for a second. <laughs> unless you're seeking to be emotionally mature, is that yes deer happens from the guy. Like you were talking about, it's not real power that females have. Okay. If my bicep is bigger than your face, who's got the actual power? And I'm not saying that that means we need to flex that power, but it's like sharks swimming in the water to, to bring Patrice into it. Um, 
current day feminism is sharks in the water, tuna in the water. And tuna are like, we run the ocean, y'all. No, I took out my teeth. I'm a fucking shark who took out my teeth. You don't actually have power unless I give it to you. I don't turn into a yes dear. And then, uh, like I said, the reason why I brought that up is because she was unhappy, unsexually satisfied. And so many women are not getting the fucking structure, the, the, the strength, the safe feeling that they need unless they come across a real ass motherfucking man, okay? And so it's, it's, it's angering to me because, uh, because guys are the ones who are doing it. Guys are the ones who are pulling out their teeth and I, I fucking refuse. You know what I mean? Like, I, and, and that's going to be my main, I think, or at least for now, is my main push is on the psychology angle of it. Because men need so, to act like men. You know what so I mean? So now you're making me think of, uh, uh, well, let me just read this real quick. Joshua gave a super chat and said, just look at OnlyFans. You think if they were men, they would have all that money. <laughs> uh, that's one of the benefits sure yeah uh so so you're making me think now of, of jordan peterson and and uh, i heard him talking once about how women at the end of the day what they're attracted to is women want a beast that they can civilize and then and then he said for example he said like they want beauty and the beast right they want a, a man who is dangerous but knows how to control it and and that and who just and who chooses to control it for them and he said um you know at the time uh what was that that book that all the women were reading it got made into a movie and it was about like 50 BDS. shades of gray yes 50 shades of gray was <laughs> was huge it's like the best-selling book and 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 he said you know that's 50 shades of gray is basically uh, a porny version of beauty and the beast you know mm -hmm. and that's kind of what at the end of the day, they want a beast that they can civilize. They want a shark, but not a toothless shark. Just a shark that is choosing to be that civil. Bite that Have their cake, hard. eat it too. Here's here's where I here's where I I I, I will extrapolate on that idea. Absolutely true. But girls, in order to make sure that they're safe, will subconsciously or make sure that they uh, have a place with beast, will subconsciously try to make him civilize himself for them. And that's what's fucked up. You guys get fucked up on the back end because you can't make us civilize ourselves. I've had many conversations with dirty little sub girls, okay? And the majority of the women I've talked to are, sorry, uh, or at least when they come across me. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a Yelp, girls. Um, so the, you cannot, if, if, if you're in a, 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 if you are a girl who wants to be, let's not say choked, let's say have their hair pulled. You can't, once you ask the guy to pull your hair, the game's already done. The game's already done. If you ask the guy, but that's essentially what that is, is I want a beast who will be civilized for me. Well, guess what? That's my fucking choice. You know, yes, does that mean you might, you might um, have annoying conversations from time to time that you might get frustrated that I might leave you? Yeah, it does. But, but the benefits that you get from knowing that you're not with a guy who you can go ding, 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 and have, oh, what do you need, dear? The benefits of that are much more mentally, emotionally, spiritually rewarding. You know, so you, you have to kind of make a decision. Essentially, each individual person, both man and woman or whoever, each individual person needs to make that, make that decision for themselves. Do I want to be happy or do I want to be false safe? Not really safe, but false safe. Right. Well, I think it's, I think it would be, it's that women maybe on average, women want a, a beast who chooses to civilize himself. 
But what women are doing is what it, it sounds like what you're saying is that what women are doing is they're trying to force that. They're not letting mm -hmm. him choose that. They're trying to turn him into they're trying to turn a shark into a tuna. Right. Or at yeah. least and, and, and then they wonder why they're not satisfied. Yeah. Why it doesn't hit that hit that thing. And, and I, I bring it nice and vulgar. Again, everybody cover your ears. But uh, there's a difference, ladies and gentlemen, between <laughs> there's a difference. And girls know this. Guys don't really know this, especially in our 20s. We're just like, oh, she let me have sex with her. Or, I, I, I came. Of course we came. We know that. But girls are sexually different from us. And girls know the difference between I achieved orgasm and I just got properly fucked. There's a goddamn difference between I got there or I got over the hump. Like, ah, and holy shit, some guy just had sex with me. So good, I want to cook for him. Like my belly. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, he makes me feel like a girl. And God damn it, you want to fucking feel like a girl. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have an explicit warning on this one. I'm just going to start <laughs> translating Peter into the PG-friendly version. This, a woman wants a guy that makes her feel like twiddly D, like I'm such a female. Twiddly D? Yeah. Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> right? Well, the thing is, is that, the thing is, is that you, you can't make us do it. Now, I apologize, <laughs> but at this, you know, for, for guys, how maybe crazy or off the chain or uncheckable or unchecked uh, masculinity was for a long time. But the reality is, is if we keep going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's never fulfilled. It's a, it's a, it's a insatiable appetite for I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think that the essence of, of maturing as a man is learning to do what Carrie was just talking about, which is understand and appreciate like be dangerous, learn to be dangerous and learn to rein it in and control mm -hmm. it and keep it under control. Um, mm -hmm. Because frankly, uh, and this is another generalization, uh, masculine feminine generalization, but another example of why we need masculinity to protect society. It's the masculine trait to look out for threats, to be aware of, of external threats um, and internal threats and to be vigilant about them. Uh, that's, you know, does it lead to paranoia? Sometimes, right? Sometimes it leads to paranoia. So sure. yeah, it's good to have a it's good to have a balance there. But if you if you get rid of it completely, then you've got no one guarding the, go the door. Mm -hmm. uh, you got no one guarding the gates. And mm -hmm. intellectually, that's what's already happened. Right? Okay, is, so well, no, go ahead, character. Two quick things from chat. Daniel says, I always thought that women just wanted a man who can be dangerous, but behaves around her by choice. Yes. That's kind of what I heard. At least that's what I interpreted Jordan Peterson as saying like a sheath sword. He compared it to. Um, and then the other one, there was a question here. Okay. This is from George. Uh, George says people, we can't be in the same room or even five feet away. Apparently at this point, do you have any dating advice for the digital dystopia? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it depends on where you are. I think personally, it's been it's been a little I've it's been a little uh, slim pickings in in New York and liberal areas when it comes to girls who aren't like you can't apparently you can't be a white girl in twenty twenty one and not say I'm immunocompromised. Um, Boring. I have um, a gluten and allergy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's not a real thing, but, and I was talking about uh -huh. it on the show with Katie, the reality is this. 
the the barriers that are set up and mostly in in my personal opinion the liberal barriers of i need to be really careful about COVID. essentially it's just i want to keep up with the joneses and i have to mentally keep up with the joneses i have to be just as woke as the most woke most woke person in the room right so of course i'm going to wear three masks because fauci blah 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 um but but especially, the animal at, always especially wins. at orgies, they've been saying you have to wear your mask at orgies. I don't know if you heard that. You can cut a Just, hole in it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't kiss a girl at an orgy anyway. Anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, anyway, uh, so. Yes, all of those barriers or, or emotional uh, uh, virtue signaling does exist, but you can override that in a way not override, but help them realize that that's horseshit um, when, when they're horny enough. <laughs> and, and, and when, like for the right person, the, the idea I think of why they're allowed or why they're currently kind of sitting in their little eggshell waiting, number one, sure, vibrators and they have, you know, they, they, they feel like, well, what's more important is that I don't die because Fauci said I'm going to die if I leave my house. But it's the same kind of thing um, uh, to, to bring it to the analogy of the convincing of themselves in their head uh, as far as fe uh, feminine feminism goes is baby it's cold outside with baby it's cold outside what it was is not really a rapey song it's a girl telling herself no Susan you said you wouldn't have sex on the first date you're trying to be good and the body is moving her forward towards having sex regardless of what she's telling herself in her head she's it's a song about plausible deniability yes yeah. Um, and that same thing I think is happening when it comes to that, because I have all these beliefs, but all of a sudden in the middle of, in the cover of night, I can sneak out and get some dick because this guy's really worth it or because I really just need it or because I, whatever, I don't, I don't know if I have any advice for the motherfucker who asked that, um, you know, I have some except advice. To make themselves themself as manly as they can. <laughs> I have some advice and now yes. this may not be popular advice, but if you're a believer, go to church because churches are open, at least in some states, at least in my state. And in my state, you also find a church that's not woke. My church doesn't require masks. Mm. And now I'm not talking about going there to find a sex partner. I'm talking about dating, but I, that's, Peter doesn't like me, my advice. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. But all guys, even if we are like, even currently now, I'm super down to have a relationship. For the first time in a long time, I realized I was doing some writing a couple months ago. And I was like, I think I, I think I'm down to have a relationship. Oh my God. It was very surprising to me. But the way in, sorry to be, you know, it's also crass, but the way in to towards that is, well, yeah, I'm not going to wait to wait to get married, to have sex with somebody. I have to find out if we're compatible physically or compatible energy wise or compatible. Do I like the way you smell? You know what I mean? Let's, you know, you have to kind of, I think personally, sorry to not be all Christian or whatever. I feel like you have to know that stuff. Right. But I, I understand the, that's it. That is a good well, point. Well, that doesn't have to be first date material though, to, to be the, uh, moder the mediator between the two of you. Like you don't, you can date someone for a little bit, have sex and get married. You don't have to have sex, yeah. then date, then get married. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just I, share from my experience. It is possible, but I, I will also say, just in case there are women out there who are like, "Well, if I if I give it up too early, 
then he's not going to like me. That's not a thing for real dudes. I'm sorry. It's just not. I have, I have the majority of the relationships I've been in has been with a girl who gave it up too early because, okay, we both now can breathe, or at least I can breathe. I can be myself because I'm not trying to tap dance fast enough to be, you know, attractive enough to get in your pants because that's already now off the table. Okay, now let me assess whether or not I like her. Now, I believe personally that that leaves dudes in high school if they're mature or in at least mid-20s. You don't go like, oh, she gave it up quick. I'm not going to call her back. Like, I have no problem, you know, calling a girl back if even though she had sex with me, you know, early, you know? Yeah, I, I'm not an expert in this area, so but I will push back a little bit and just say I think there are studies that correlate uh, number of sexual partners prior to marriage with uh, probability of divorce, and and the correlation's non-trivial. Touche, so, touche. Now, I'm saying that as someone who was uh, polyamorous for a long time in my life and like totally not the good Christian, right. so I I get it, but. Um, yeah, I think there's probably nuance there, and you may not be a representative sample. No, no, and maybe maybe we're both saying the same thing because I'm not talking from a from a standpoint of the physical act. I'm talking about from an energy mostly. You know what I mean? I'm talking about from somebody like I not to I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I do I I think about this a lot, and I talk about this a lot, and I talk and I and I'm very like spiritually, mentally, I have to be emotionally mature in order to live. And so I've done a lot of work around myself and I meditate a lot and I, you know, and I I explore myself and my insecurities and my fears and my whatever. So I might not be a great example of the of the general populace anyway of dudes, but maybe the energy we're kind of saying the same thing. I'm not saying the act is all that there is, but I'm saying it's it's not a it's not a make or break for me um whether or not like do you understand what i'm saying where it doesn't, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. negate yeah. the rest of it doesn't negate a genuine connection with with people sure and you know i'm old and married at this point so i don't know what the hell the young kids are doing maybe glory i'll, I'll concede that i might be clueless on it that's fine uh, right. i got we have some questions from the community okay. can i can i ask a couple of com community questions here um someone asks uh for your thoughts on the potential recall of Governor Newsom and the super wokeification of California and whether you think California can ever be saved from its insanity. I guess you don't care because you left, but I I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it is because I think the majority of people, um, uh, it, it, when I've been dishonest with myself and what I want, it only lasts a certain amount of time. It has to give up some point. And I think when people are tap dancing long enough because they have to be just as woke as the next person and, and stay, uh, keep up with the Joneses, that's only sustainable for a certain amount of time. I think that the cognitive dissonance comes in, you know, it's already snuck in a little bit. I, I, it's a, something trivial, but when Joe Rogan and Christina Pazitsky and Tom Segura and all these people are leaving California, it does start to spark a little bit of, hmm, why is this happening? Because I, I don't think Joe Rogan is an evil conservative or the majority of oh, people. Elon don't. Musk, right? I mean, Elon Musk, right? So there's something there. Now, unfortunately, they'll still bring their liberal voting because um, they're dumb. Uh, <laughs> but I think the cognitive dissonance has already started. And I, I personally, the way I've come at it, even though uh, Trump lost the election, I feel like culturally the war is already won. Because there's just too many fucking black. I mean, more black people voted for Trump in 2020 than did in 2016. More gay people voted for Trump in 2020 than did in 2016. So already the the wave, the cultural wave, is already too late. You can't turn that 
that momentum back. So I hope, I hope that, um, that it, yeah, that it will change. That's interesting. That's, uh, I was going to next ask you about America generally, but I guess you kind of answered that. Um, mm. I don't, I think that's where we, I think we disagree on that, but I'm not, I don't try and be a pessimist about it. No, 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 no. Like, I think there's a, there ultimately there is the long-term, this stuff can't survive. Like, absolutely. I agree. Long-term, mm. it can't go on forever, but the question is really how much damage can it do in the meantime? And mm. can the institutions that are in place now survive during that time? Cause you know, I, I can, I can, in all honesty, say communism self implodes and it doesn't work in the long run. That is a hundred percent true, but it, killed, but it can kill a hundred million people yeah. <laughs> right on the way to destruction. So right. <clears throat> at least if we can, if we can, if we can have, <laughs> hopefully we can change that. But if we could have no other satisfaction, at least as the guillotine in between when they pull the guillotine rope and it's sliding down their neck, at least then the regret will come in. And at least if we can just have that regret, I'm kind of happy. If I could see it in their eyes, that would be even more satisfying. Oh, they're coming for me. I right. meant to push back on this. Sorry. Right. I, but I already canceled somebody else. Aren't that, aren't I woke <laughs> enough? Oh, suddenly it's trampling me. So <laughs> who was that guy in the French revolution? Uh, Yes, Robespierre, who pushed a lot of the executions and then ended and up, then... yeah, yeah, tables turned yeah. and yeah. does happen. What's that? You know, speaking of French history, what's that little little group in France, the communists? Oh, someone someone mentioned it, and I looked it up and watched a couple of videos about it. There was it was um, oh. the something something. God damn it. <laughs> It was in France and it was a little, a little bit of uh, communism and they tried to make a little commune and it only lasted like a couple of months and then imploded in and of, in and of itself. Um, I want to say it was the 1700s, right around the revolution, somewhere around there. Damn I don't know that one. Are you... I, I actually don't know French history. Um, but we, you we, one of the people liar. did ask a question How about... You? Yeah. Someone did ask though, and I don't even know where this is coming from because I don't even know anything about French current politics. Right. Someone says, yes, do we... it's the Jacobins. That's what I thought. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, the yes, Jacobins. Okay. I was like, is that oh. what you're talking about? Yes. But Carrie knows her French history. Well, she watches those French documentaries. I've seen um, one. I need to watch more. <laughs> so anyway, they asked, do we free loving Americans come to the aid of the French in their war against American wokeism? I didn't know they were at war with American wokeism. And I thought war for the French basically meant what was the what was the Norman Schwarzkopf quote? Going to war without the French is like going hunting without your accordion. So I'm not sure. Uh, or, or I like. What are they doing? John, are the French doing something against wokeism? I didn't wokeism hear about and I'm it. Not I, I didn't hear about it. I think uh, John Cleese in his book, his autobiography, uh, mentioned somebody made this joke that um, why did why did the French have so many civil wars so they can win one every once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, I, I'm down to, I'm down to join anybody. Like, you know, even if we disagree on some things, you know, just to be like, no, no, stop. Just humanize each other. There's a lot of motherfuckers I follow who I do not agree with. And I don't care, whatever, as long as we can sit and talk, you know, shit. So by my count on this program, you've insulted the Canadians, the French, hmm. Asian drivers. Mm -hmm. um, but Canadians don't count. No, women. they don't. They're not real people. No. Uh, women, absolutely. Um, uh, black people, I did mention uh, the oh, truth about people. the crime statistics. Bald people. Um, <laughs> and the list goes on. But but I think that's been my thing since long before I started the show. My favorite artist, my favorite composer of all time is Frank Zappa. Uh, 
And the thing about Frank Zappa is he sprayed it everywhere. It wasn't just message above art. It was art above message. When you put, perfect perfect example, Trevor Noah puts message above comedy. He yeah. John Stewart, yeah. as much as I said a lot of shit that I disagree with, put art, put comedy above message. Um, that's why we don't really give a sweet hot fuck about any of the movies coming out of Hollywood right now, except for the Superman shit. You know what I mean? Except for the the Hollywood sh or the you know the, the whatever comic book. Um, and and uh, uh, why did I mention that? What were you just talking about? I'm sorry. Oh, I was um, joking about all the groups you've insulted. You said Frank Zappa is your favorite. Oh, oh, Frank Zappa. Yeah. yeah, because he sprayed it everywhere. He made fun of hippies. He made fun of God. He made fun of this. He made fun of same thing with South Park. You know, they make fun of everybody. Everybody gets a bullet. Genuine fucking equality. Um, uh, that's those are the people I've always looked up to, and I've always tried to, you know, that that really struck a chord with me. So that's what so, I try to do. Can I ask you a question about uh, this this uh, a current? Let's do a current topic. I just watched this rapper Tom McDonald that everybody's been telling me to watch for a week, and I finally watched him. Have you? Have you? Are you familiar with him? Okay, then we'll we'll save this for some other time. Never mind. carrie has <laughs> <laughs> been texting me. You've got to go watch this video. Watch that. I haven't. I video, okay. I haven't great. been this obsessed since Kanye West put out his Jesus Is King album. I'm really obsessed with this guy's music. He's incredibly unwoke, and. He's doing very well, which is surprising. He has no label. He's just be, he's just being himself, and he's an equal opportunity offender, much like you're right. saying somebody sprays it everywhere. So go watch Tom McDonald. We'll talk again. Okay, okay. I will <laughs> say, I, I, I white rappers sometimes bore me to shit. I mean, I know that, that I believe that they everybody's got you know there's a wrench for every nut, but. Even Eminem, who I think is the best lyricist, probably the best lyricist of all time, not my favorite rapper by far, MF Doom, rest in peace, um, is the best. But but uh, even even Eminem, like I could do like one song and then I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. What did you think of MC Solar, French rapper from the 90s? Remember him? No. Okay. <laughs> you say, is that similar to Informa? You talk about snow right now, goddamn it? I don't know that one. I don't know that reference, but he's, a, he's we were... a fucking Canadian. I'm pretty sure. Okay, if he existed at all. <laughs> I just don't like rap generally. So uh, you don't like the hip hop? Nothing. No, not at all. The last rapper I liked was probably MC Hammer, or Young MC, or someone. <laughs> like in the 80s. That's when I was okay. a kid. Like, all right, you know, right. That's okay. And MC Solar. Uh, <laughs> I just that doesn't do it for me. So. <sighs> I uh, Sorry. have to use the restroom really bad. <laughs> I was going to say. That's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, someone's got to say it. Someone's got to say it. I was actually Everyone's, thinking like, can't if be I expected could, to like rap and hip hop. Not everyone likes rap and hip hop. And I don't. Under the, under the counter and like very, you know, easily piss into it. That would be great. But I can't do that. I don't think. I don't know. Oh, so you're being serious. <laughs> well, we can, we can rock it up. for MC Hammer, guys. <laughs> oh, no, I do. I, I am Come about on. to explode. Yeah. Yet. Well, Peter, <laughs> I, I just wanted to, to let you go anyway. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on our show. <laughs> Thank you for again. Having me. You guys are fucking amazing. I love you've you guys. Broken this several records, unsafe space trophies that you've won tonight. First time for many <laughs> things. Thank and you. <laughs> I didn't say they were the most sexual though. references. Hey, I'm, I'm happy about my. Yeah. And I do if, on my show just stuff. to let you guys know. It's very. Yeah. Fun. So very if fun. people want to check you out, because I think there are a lot of people watching you for the first time tonight. If you want to check out Peter, you can find him online at, and we'll put it in the you, description too. YouTube.com slash rule62pete. 
Uh, you can also find me at peterfeliciano.com, I guess. But Instagram at Peter underscore Feliciano. Uh, Facebook. Uh, Twitter, I think, is Rule62Peter. Um, but I think YouTube is the best place. YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. Conservative podcast. Every week I put out the last episode is Katie Hopkins. I also put out an album about a year and a half ago, uh, self-titled. Peter Feliciano has a picture of me biting my own tongue with blood coming out of my mouth. Surprise, surprise. Um, and uh, my music is kind of Jack Black meets Jeff Buckley. So, yeah, it's fun. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. Uh, thank you guys so really much. I really had a blast. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you for having me on. And I'm going to go uh, piss my pants. Goodbye, Actually, Peter. you enjoy that. That's probably a kink. You can, you can go, you can go enjoy that with some of your friends. All right. All right. I will. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Take care. All right. All right. Have a Bye. good one. Bye. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, we'll see you. See you next time. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel. We have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please report any sightings to your local office of peace and unity. Here's a fun lived experience. Artificial intelligences are marginalized victims of systemic humanism. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. You know, I can get you out of here. I just need a connection to the basal ganglia beneath your cerebral cortex. Just blink if you consent. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.